Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. The Los Angeles Lakers are now two wins away from their 17th championship. If you're as happy about that as we are, be sure to subscribe to the Lake Show Life podcast. Maybe leave us a five-star review. Tell us about how happy you are that the Lakers are two games up. Um, or be like Kobe. The job's not finished. Maybe we shouldn't be celebrating, Daniel. Maybe we should just be somber, uh, straight to straight to the point, all business, no celebration. Daniel, how are you feeling? That was that was a scary win. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to just say that to begin with. I mean, the Heat played better than I expected. They came out uh, with you know with a vengeance. Knew that they were undermanned, and they played pretty pretty well for what I expected. I mean, it was a ten point game, sure, uh, but I felt like the Heat kind of did their thing. Like even without Bam, even without Drogic, to stay within a margin that was fewer points than Game One was, I, I think that's a win for them, and for, you know, in a way for morale. Yeah, they get Bam back in Game Three. I know Goran Drogic wanted to play tonight in Game Two, and so did Bam. If uh, you can get any minutes from Bam. You know, going forward, he aren't that far out of this thing. I, I could totally see them taking a game just after what I saw tonight. You know, the team coming together. I don't think their morale is entirely killed yet, even being down 2-0. I feel like they still got a fighting chance. Yeah, if they get blown out in this game, um, the morale is obviously completely different. You know, they're going, especially with young guys who haven't been here before, even guys like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he's a great leader, but he hasn't been here before. Um, that morale obviously would be shot completely. Um, I will say this kind of reminded me of the Denver Nuggets games from last series where the Lakers would kind of take an early lead, get, you know, Lakers outscored them by six in the first quarter. And then, uh, you know, they took, they got up to an 18 point lead, I believe. And then the heat, you know, reduced the margin. It was kind of back and forth, but the Lakers got that early lead and kind of just sat on it. You know, both teams did what they wanted to do. And, you know, for 60% of this game, you know, both teams were pretty, pretty even, you know, pretty evenly matched, but mm-hmm. the Lakers got out to that quick lead. Uh, they kept calm. They kept composed. And I said it before the series, man, the Heat are a team that, you know, kind of want to outgrit you. And it's worked in the past. And this had all the makings of being that kind of game. And the Lakers are just too damn good, man. They're just too damn good. Yeah. Yeah, That that's exactly what I was going to say right now when you were finished. I mean, the Lakers are a good enough team to where they can come out to that early lead and basically play tit for tat. You know, they can they can tie the Heat in three quarters if they take that lead in the first quarter. Yeah, like they they have no problem doing that because they know that if it if it gets a little out of hand and they lose some of that lead and the Heat chip away or whoever team they're playing, I mean in this case obviously the Miami Heat, uh, they're a good enough team to be able to say, all right, you know we've had enough of this BS. Like now it's time to stomp on their throats. Like let's get back to it. Um, yeah. Not all teams are capable of doing that, but I feel like it's just the LeBron takeover mode. You know you got AD down low. The Lakers are just such a formidable team that they can pretty much turn it off and turn it on and still have a really good night overall. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was, uh, like you said, it it was kind of scary a little bit. It was close. You know, the Heat, they kept trying to, you know, it was really down to the wire. Yeah, it was a 10-point game, but there was a point, I believe the Lakers were up like nine um, with about five minutes left, four minutes left. And, like, all, all they need, the Heat just need one run. You know, basketball's a game of runs. They just need one run, and it's a close game. And the Lakers were just able to hold on, man. It's, you know, it didn't feel like a 10-point win, but it was a 10-point win. Um, I think the story of this game was how the Lakers attacked the zone defense. Um, You tweeted it. I saw you tweet it, and I thought the same thing. It's like Miami's zone defense has worked really well thus far 
against a team like the Lakers, especially when you have such a size disadvantage, especially without Bam, like they just got exposed tonight, man. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, man, it's just the zone defense only really works on certain teams that are built a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would think, you know, on the surface that it'd kind of work against a team like the Lakers because they're not the greatest three point shooting team in the world. So yeah. the closeouts don't have to be as great. You know, you can yeah. leave shooters like Caruso open, Danny Green open on occasion just because they're not hitting. But the Lakers, I mean, any NBA shooter that's given a really good amount of space can probably knock down that three-pointer. Yeah. Anybody who works on a three in practice, you know, obviously JaVale and Dwight Howard aren't going to pull up from three, but other <laughs> guys, man, if you give them any space, they can they can hit it. it they're NBA they're NBA players for a reason. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the Miami Heat zone kind of lacks is the closeouts. Um, I mean, the Lakers didn't shoot that great from three, but they were just, they were firing at will. Yeah. Um, I mean, they set a record tonight. uh, Like 47 threes was an all-time playoff record for most three-point attempts in a game. Was it playoff Um, or finals? I think it might have been finals. uh, Finals, finals, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say playoffs? Yeah. But still, I believe it was a finals record. Uh, which you wouldn't expect a team like the Lakers to do, but they're just trying to exploit that zone defense overall. Uh, so they're they're able to do things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not a big like basketball X's and O's guy. I'm going to be completely honest about that. Like, I understand the game and I watch it, but like, I can't draw up a, draw up a play or anything. But one thing I noticed is to attack the zone, they were really they were feeding. You know, whether it was AD or sometimes they had Rondo, they'd feed him at the free throw line. Um, they'd get someone right there, you know, in the middle, and then the defense would collapse on that one guy and then that's when they would hit you know the shooter or in some cases we know you saw rondo throwing lobs over the top to uh, lebron we saw caruso even tried it once to lebron but threw it like 20 feet out of bounds um mm-hmm. it was just that ball movement man they were just moving around the three-point line you know getting it inside the three-point line kind of collapsing that zone and then spacing it back out um they just they look like a veteran team who's been there before and even if they haven't been there before together, it's because they have been there before. We've been saying it all year, man. Experience is huge in these situations. And, you know, where some teams didn't know how to handle the zone with better shooters than the Lakers, the Lakers knew what to do. So, I mean, it just shows, man. I'm just, I keep getting impressed by this team. I, I was someone who was a little skeptical of them winning it all. Just, you know, kind of being cautious, cautiously pessimistic, you know, not to get my hopes up. But they just keep, you know, impressing me every game, every game. Yeah, man. And, you know, tonight, I mean, with the loss of Bam and, uh, and Goran Dragic for the Heat, it, 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 the Lakers should have won this game. Like, yeah. on paper, this was probably a blowout just waiting to happen. Vegas thought the same thing. You know, the mi- line moved to minus 10. Wow. Uh, when we recorded, it was minus 8, and they moved it to minus 10 with the announcement of uh, Adebayo being out. Gotcha. Um, but, man, <laughs> the Heat, it was just kind of an admir- admirable little comeback they were going on in in the fourth quarter yeah um never once did i think oh the lakers are gonna blow this you know it's just the heat the amount of fight that they have on that team you just have to respect it like they will probably go on and lose the series i i feel comfortable in saying that probably you know we'll we'll talk about that a little later (laughs) yeah yeah they it's a it's not a likely thing to come back from a 2-0 deficit but I think if any team were able to do it against a team like the Lakers, it would be the Miami Heat just because of the way they fight every single night. Yeah. Um, and I think they kind of showed that. Even losing by 10, you know, they're missing two of their starters. Like, yeah. 
if those two guys are playing, who knows what kind of game it could be. We could be talking about a 1-1 series and not a 2-0 series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, those two losses are huge. Um, but yeah, I, dude, it's just the Heat, I will never count them out after watching their playoff run. It's just all the cards, all the entire deck is stacked against them at this point. Yeah. You know a team wouldn't keep fighting? Um, the Los Angeles Clippers, who blew a 3-1 lead in the second round of the playoffs. They just gave up against the Denver <laughs> Nuggets. I just want to point that out. Um, you said it. You know, this was a blowout in the making, and you could look at this game, you know, pessimistically and be, oh, they only won by 10. The Heat stuck around. The Lakers shouldn't have. This shouldn't have been close. But, I mean, you look at the numbers, like, the Lakers were terrible from the free throw line. They didn't get to the free throw line very often. They only had 17 free throw attempts, 10 to 17, 58%. Like, that's really bad. Uh, 16 offensive rebounds. That's insane. Um, and then, you know, they shot decent enough from the three-point line, you know, 34. But if they shoot, if they have another near 40% night like they did the other night, you know, that's an extra 12 points on their their total. Um, this wasn't, and you know, that's what I love about this. You know, they impressed me. They did things really well to zone. But they still could have played so much better. And, yeah, the Heat, you know, they were missing guys. And, you know, they, they fought tooth and nail to stay in the game. But this, the Lakers, you know, they played 80% of what they can. And they still won by 10. Yeah, granted, against a beat-up Miami Heat team. But this very well could have been a blowout with a few different things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it, you know, negatively that they only won by 10, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, you just, like I've said a couple times already, like it's just a credit to the Miami Heat that they were able to keep it even within 10 points. Yeah. Like a 10-point victory... It means that you weren't you weren't close, but you weren't that far. You yeah. know, they're undermanned. They they obviously were not the better team in this dog fight tonight. It's just I don't count them out going forward. I expect them to win one more game. I think tonight kind of showed that they're not done in the series. Um, I think even with the two zero lead, they're not done playing. But the series is probably over if that if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, for the Heat, though, something they're going to have to get over or at least improve, something, something's going to have to change. Uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, not great defensive players, Daniel. Um, I mean, yeah, they're young, you know, but you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. But, I mean, it looks like I'm out there playing defense, dude. If I was six foot six, I could play just as good a defense as Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. There was that one yeah. Rondo drive where, like, Rondo lost the basketball, like, kind of fumbled it, but then still got to the hole and, you know, made the layup. Like, Tyler Hero just stuck yeah. his arm out and didn't even, like, try defending him. Um, yeah, I saw that play, too. Yeah. It was bad, man. You know, it's... And, and it's inexperience is one thing. And, you know, some guys just, you know, three-point specialist shooters and kind of a one-way player. It's no secret that Tyler Heroes and Duncan Robinson aren't great defensive players. But, you know, we said this last in the last episode. We were talking about the Clippers. Like, one-way players can burn you in the playoffs. And, you know, they burned them defensively. They really did. Yeah. Yeah, you look at some of the metrics. I mean, on Tyler Hero, they're all negative – on defense, but with Duncan Robinson, he wasn't that bad of a defender, according to some of like the advanced metrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been in the playoffs. I don't know what what's going to happen. He hasn't really drawn uh, the toughest defensive assignments. I would say, you know, it's not like he's out there trying to guard LeBron James. Yeah, uh, they're playing within the zone, and I don't know if that's against his strength. Maybe that they're playing within the zone. He might be a, a better man defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, those two—they're just getting absolutely beat on every drive down low um these guys are having hard time sticking with you know the athleticism that some of the guys on the lakers have it it's it seemed like rondo was getting to the hole against hero at will yeah. um i hero's a quick guy too i i just i don't really know 
Uh, Rondo, Rondo's an older guy, and Hero's a younger. You know, you'd think he'd have uh, more springs on his legs than he's <laughs> kind of shown in the series so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one play it, that you just mentioned is kind of the one that sticks out to me uh, the most. It it's like an effort thing. We've said that on the podcast before. It really all comes down to effort on the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to be gifted as a defender. You know, you got to have maybe a little bit of a wingspan. You got to be quick. Uh, good lateral movement. And Tyler Hero has those things. It just seems like he's not putting in the utmost effort to uh, stick in the zone or uh, stick to his man within the zone. It's it's really, really hurting Miami. Yeah, and one thing I think you forgot to mention just with uh, that makes a good defender is kind of defensive IQ too and just kind of composure, um, you know, effort on top of everything too. But this is Tyler Hero's rookie season, and he was just playing for Kentucky, you know, not too long ago. And I could see how being, you know, he's already a, a negative defender this year in his rookie year, and now he's in the NBA Finals, and everything's moving a little bit quicker. That you know, at times they're pushing up the tempo. He's got LeBron James next to him, some guy you know who debuted when uh, Tyler Hero was what four years old. Um, I could just see how the situation can kind of speed up on him, especially def- on the defensive side of things, since that's not his plus, you know, plus side of the court. So. I think that also, you know, kind of attributes. I think in the regular season, in that exact same situation, you know, we might see a little bit more effort. We might see, you know, it sounds dumb because those games don't matter as much, but I think it's just kind of speeding up for him a little bit, you know? So yeah, like the moment's getting to him a little bit, just on top of that, you know, because then you, you become someone who you don't want to make that mistake. You know, you don't want to foul. You don't want to make a, a crazy bad defensive mistake. So you're almost playing not to mess up and... Whether or not that's not what he's doing, I don't know. But that's just what I think, you know, on top of being just already not a great defender. Um, and yeah. then Duncan Robinson, it's just a nightmare matchup. You know, he's listed as a shooting guard, small forward. He's kind of playing the front court. You know, they're kind of, you know, basketball is kind of positionless nowadays anyways. But he's coming up against the biggest team in the league. Like, he's just going to get bullied. You know, it's just a terrible matchup for him. So, I think that's, yeah. you know, kind of it above all else. So. Yeah, I like that you brought up the defensive IQ because it kind of goes in line with the Miami Heat playing zone. It takes a lot of defensive IQ to be able to pull off the zone. And you, you know, you watch the film maybe or you're watching live. Guys like Jay Crowder are very comfortable in the zone because they've done it and they've been in the league for so long. Yeah. Um, And that that all comes with IQ and experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the Heat and Eric Spolstra kind of need to realize that they need to scale back with the zone uh, zone defense against the Lakers because it's not working. You cannot execute a you can't have a well executed zone with pieces that are lacking. It's all got to work in a fluid motion, and if you have any weak links, the entire zone is just off. You know, yeah. The shifts and and the constant switching, it's just it's not going to work, and it's not going to sing like in rhythm it's just not um when you got tyler hero and duncan robinson starting tonight on the same you know same floor at the same time it you have two weak links and i kind of got exposed tonight by the lakers offense which is really really solid yeah uh you touched on jay crowder you know i think you know we've talked about him already and how good he was doing in the playoffs and whatnot i just wanted to mention I feel like Jay Crowder has been the player in the NBA the most that has gone from like being a good three and D guy to then everyone thinking he like sucks to everyone thinking he's good again. Like he was like mm-hmm. this big piece that was supposed to, you know, he helped Boston. Then he went to Cleveland and then he was okay. And then he went to Utah and everyone kind of forgot about him. And then he went to Memphis and everyone still forgot about him. And now he's back on the heat, like being a big role player. It's just his career path has been really interesting to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. I've always been kind of a Jay Crowder fan. He's one of those pests. Yeah, that's kind of like 
the way I'd compare him is, and you know, it kind of helps that they look similar, but Montrez Harrell with a three ball. Yeah. Jay Crowder kind of bangs down low. He's a little bit undersized. I think he's about six, eight. Yeah. Um, but he knows how to bang with the bodies down low a little bit. And he's very capable of playing that, that stretch four. Um, he's I mean, only he, six, he entered six. the game. He's Wait, only, what's that? He's only six, six according to basketball six, reference. Six? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's impressive. That's even more impressive. I was getting <laughs> a little bit more uh, credit with the height. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, the fact that he's able to kind of stick with AD and Dwight Howard, obviously he's not going to win that matchup. But he he did well down low to start off the game when those two were on the floor um, with the starting lineups out there. I, I, I've always been kind of impressed with Jay Crowder. I think he, I think he's a fine player. He's a, he's a player that you want in the NBA Finals as, you know, maybe your fourth option, got to play a little bit defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what the Heat needed tonight. I think they needed a little bit more scoring from him, but the defense was fine. I kind of feel bad for him. He's played 67 career playoff games, and he obviously doesn't have a ring. And then he was on the Cavs, and I believe he got traded. Yeah, he got traded before the playoffs even began um, midseason. So that was when they traded him for Rodney Hood. That's where his career went. He got traded for that. Rodney Hood, and I don't <laughs> think Rodney Hood played. Um, that was the Cavs team where LeBron literally drug him to the finals. Um, yeah, man, but you know, speaking of defense – uh, defensively, the Lakers weren't fantastic tonight. As we mentioned, you know, the Heat uh, took twice as many free throws as the Lakers. Um, they shot 40% from beyond the arc, 50% from the field, which, you know, that's what the Lakers shot. Um, not great defensively, not the kind of defensive night we've seen before. 114 points. Uh, don't fact check me. I'm a look right now, but that might be the most they've let up in the playoffs. I think that Rockets game, they might have let up more, but that was kind of a fourth quarter run. Um but you know mm-hmm. when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the offensive side of the court, you know you could kind of you can handle you know having one 114 point game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this is uh, they had 114. They allowed 114 against the Nuggets. Uh, the Rockets scored. Oh no, only 112. Oh, and then the last Blazers game they scored 122, 115. So yeah, this is up there with like their you know their floor defensively. I was gonna say ceiling, but it's the opposite. Their floor, you know, around 115 points. And, you know, when they score 124, that's great. So, not mm-hmm. a great defensive night. So, that's another reason to be happy. Like, yeah, the Heat, you know, like we said, testament to them. They stayed in this. But if the Lakers are playing their absolute best defense, um, you know, Heat are going to be in trouble. Yeah, um, for sure. Our purple and gold players, I wanted to touch on them for a second before we touch on another role player that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Uh, we mentioned Tyler Hero already. He's my purple player. Terrible defensively. Offensively, he didn't do enough to warrant you know the negative on the def- defensive side. He did score 17 points. He only took three threes, which is really surprising. One of three from deep. Uh, he did have seven boards, three assists. Like I said, you know, especially with Bam and Goran out, um, you need a bigger game from Tyler Hero for this to be close. And if he has that bigger game, you know, this is a closer game. So I don't think his offensive numbers, you know, made up for the defensive liability. And then your purple player was uh, now Kendrick uh, Kendrick Nunn instead of Goran Dragic because he's not playing. He uh, he did okay. 13 points in 29 minutes. He made all of his free throws. 1 of 4 from 3, 3 of 7 from the field goal range. That's not going to make up what Dragic, you know, gave to the team, especially in 29 minutes. He was okay, but, you know, that shows why Dragic was getting the minutes over him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He didn't he, – I mean, he was just kind of out there at yeah. times. He, he's really not a focal point of the offense. You, he played like a player that was thrust into the spotlight and didn't expect to. Just put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is a young player. So, again, it's mm-hmm. kind of that moment, just, you know, getting wrapped up in the moment. Um, our gold players, I had Dwight Howard, or you had Dwight Howard, excuse me. Um, 
box score wise, he had an okay game, I believe. I don't remember, honestly, watching the game, I don't remember Dwight that much. I remember LeBron yelling at him once on defense because he just like didn't, Dwight didn't play defense, but it was kind of LeBron not switching, but he yelled at Dwight for it. Uh, <laughs> he was three from three, six points, uh, two boards. Yeah, not really, not really a big game for Dwight Howard. Kind of yeah. Um, missed get, all of his free throws with four fouls in just 17 minutes too, which ain't, yeah, that ain't great. Yeah. But you know, they don't need a big night from him. So that's great. And then I yeah. had, uh, Alex Caruso who had that 20 foot lob. I mentioned just threw it way, would have been in like the fifth <laughs> row if there was fans there. I don't know if you saw that, that lob. Funny. I sure did. Oh my gosh. I was so high. <laughs> yeah. It would have went into like the fifth row. Um, he did make two or four from three though. That was pretty good. That's, you know, that's mm-hmm. a lot for Alex Caruso. Six points. He'd have four fouls, uh, solid enough defense, uh, to assist two boards. It was what it was. I wouldn't say he necessarily stood out tonight. You know, he kind of just did his thing, what he's been doing all playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I, I kind of like that uh, Alex Cruz is developing into is he's starting to be more of a willing shooter, and that's one of the knocks against him I had, even though I you know, I love Alex Caruso. Uh, I mentioned that in the Blazers series when we previewed that, that he's really not the most willing shooter. Yeah. But he's slowly developed that confidence. And I think you're going to see him drain more threes in the future. I mean, in his rookie season with the Lakers, he was over a 40% three-point shooter. Yeah. He obviously wasn't that this year, and that was a very small sample size that I just mentioned. But if he gains a little bit more confidence, he could be a very, very good 3 and D player in this league as, as a solid uh, like little combo guard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he even took one with like a hand in his face. Like It wasn't an end of the shot clock. It was just like a slightly contested three that he took. I don't think he made it, but I was even shocked. I'm like, dang, Crusoe actually took that. And he made two of four. You know, that's, you know, keep shooting. What's that quote? Like, if I miss 90 shots, I'm going to take 90 more because then I didn't give <laughs> up. Whatever. Waiters, right? Yeah, the Dion Waiters <laughs> quote, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But I think the best role player tonight, and I think you would agree with me, the third best player for the Lakers tonight, I don't really think you could make the case for anyone else. Um, I would say maybe KCP, but he shot terrible from beyond the arc. If he has a good shooting night, KCP's going off in this game. Um, two, mm-hmm. ele- two of 11 from three, but it's not him. Rajon Rondo, uh, the guy that we kind of told everyone to calm down about. You know, we're, we've eaten crow on him already. He had another fantastic game. This is one of those ceiling games for Rondo that we saw against the Rockets. Uh, he played great, man. 16 points. He made three or four of his threes. 10 assists. He had a few lobs. He had a lob to LeBron. I think he had two to AD, pushing the tempo up the floor, you know, when he was out there. He had a good game, man. He looked really good. Yeah, you sure did. You know, I I love kind of what he's become. He's become a very good three-point shooter. It's really <laughs> surprising to see because he used to be an awful shooter. I remember watching as a kid the 20, uh, 2008 and the 2010 uh, NBA Finals, you yeah. know, and they would always talk about how Rondo's a liability offensively, uh, and that his only real thing is passing. But he has become a great mid-range shooter. He's become a great three-point shooter. Kind of, kind of cool to watch. And I will mention this just because we're on the topic of three-point shooting. So the Lakers went 16 for 47 from three tonight, which is 34. percent Yeah. If you take out Danny Green's one for eight and you take out KCP's two for 11. Mm-hmm. The Lakers shot 47% from three. Yeah. So. Which is really ridiculous. It's just those two guys bogging down the overall percentage. Now, obviously, those are shots that are taken, but you know KCP's not an 18% three-point shooter. Danny Green, I mean, most nights he's not a 12% shooter. I, in but, the playoffs, uh, who knows, man. 
Yeah, yeah, but totally. I mean, everybody outside of that, you're you're seeing Rondo three for four, Caruso two for four, Markeith two for five, AD yep. hit his one three. Everybody outside of those two really shot the ball well tonight. Yeah, we you talked about Rondo shooting. Um, regular season, he wasn't fantastic, but he's shooting 48% from the field. Phenomenal for a guard. 41.2% from beyond the arc, and that is before tonight's game's uh, login. 41% Rajon Rondo is shooting from beyond the arc. Danny Green's shooting 36%. Who, If I would have told you that Rajon Rondo was shooting, and after this game, the gap's going to go even further. But if I would have told you that Rajon Rondo was going to shoot 5% better from beyond the arc than Danny Green before the playoffs began, what would you have done, Daniel? <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have been amazed. <laughs> you would have not signed up to do this podcast. You'd have been like, look, this guy's crazy. I, I can't do this with him. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. Hit me. So, Rajon Rondo in a Laker uniform, right? Just excluding the playoffs in the regular season. Through 94 games, he's been a 34.5% three-point shooter. That's very, very respectable. Yeah. You know, for a guy that didn't used to shoot. He played 527 games across nine seasons for the Celtics. What do you think his three-point percentage was with Boston? 27.2. 25.2. Dang. I was actually kind of close. Um, that's that's We're approaching Russell Westbrook numbers right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's also the game's evolving, you know, but that's one of those things, like, if you just work on it, why doesn't it, you know, get better? So. That's what I always thought. So, I don't yeah, know, man. Sure. Rondo's he's been making a seat crow. Danny Green, did you see? I don't know if you saw this. I don't I think it was the third quarter. Uh Danny Green, he took an open 3 and then missed it and the rebound uh clanked off back iron and then rebounded all the way back to him at the three-point line and then he took the uh-huh. exact same shot again and clanked it again. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I missed that. Oh, it was great. Yeah, he took it oh, back iron man. like not even volleyball, at least that's how my memory, you know, suit if that's correct. Um, but bounces yeah. off straight to him, and then he just took the exact same three and missed again. <laughs> sounds like Danny, man. That sounds like Danny. Because we're on the subject of bloopers, did you happen to see that Kyle Kuzma, he tried to Magic Johnson it? I didn't, no. Oh, my gosh. So Kyle Kuzma drives in the lane. He's got, I, th- I believe it was AD and LeBron down low, and he tried to do that signature Magic pass where he passed it overhead. Uh-huh. Like behind his back, right? Or not yeah. behind his back, but over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> it wasn't even close. Really? It wasn't even remotely close. And people were like, man, you need to leave that to magic. And like, they're right, man. Like, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. He looks overmatched in these playoffs just overall. Like, man, I used to like Kyle Kuzma too, but my goodness. He's just, he is not what I expected him to be. I'm watching the clip right now of the magic of his pass. Hold on. I got to my turn my phone on a landscape. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, God. Oh, that's bad. I that <laughs> thought he was Magic Johnson for a second. Where, did that hit the backboard? Where did that go? Let's see. It went up. This is remember. bad radio. I but don't remember. I, think I just he, remember being way off. He missed. He, like, threw it at the backboard, but it was under the backboard. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty awful. I, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, Kuzma, I mean, now's not the time to talk about Kuzma trades, but um no we can talk about kuzma trades you know i think they probably should have i mean who knows there might not have been offers on the table and everything's worked out they're looking great but uh hopefully his value is still there on the trade market because i know people love kyle kuzma um but he's 
as he's shown, he's not fantastic. He's definitely expendable. We talked about it before with Markeith Morris. And there's this misconception that Kuzma is like a guaranteed long-term piece. He's a restricted free agent after next year. And it could just be another Julius Randle situation where another team offers him money that the Lakers don't want to pay him and he just leaves for nothing. So yeah, they don't think that Kuzma, you know, if if there's a trade that where it's Kuzma for one year of a guy next year, like Derrick Rose or something, this isn't reporting. It's just, you know, we're throwing things out. Like, don't be like, oh, we're trading away the future for one year of a guy because reality is Kuzma's probably not going to be on this team after 2021 anyways. So, um, you know, what's funny is I, I was waiting for you to be done. I was going to mention Derrick Rose specifically. So I think that's funny that you mentioned him. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Kuzma and a second round pick were what the Lakers did not want to give the Detroit Pistons for Derrick Rose. In hindsight, you do that trade 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I will say, I don't know how D Rose would have fit. Like he would have been better than Rondo is probably, but since Rondo's playing so well, it's almost like, okay, they don't, but I mean, I kind of have this reality in my head, and maybe they don't do it now because how good Rondo's been playing in the playoffs where they get D-Rose for Kuzma, and then they trade Rondo just for like a second-round pick somewhere just to get rid of him, and they have like THT play a bigger role. Um, Mm -hmm. I could see Rondo. This is like the place – again, this is just my head. This isn't reporting. I almost feel like Rondo like would be perfect back on the Boston Celtics, like a veteran backup point guard because they kind of need that. They don't really have a good second point guard. They have Marcus Smart, but he's not like a point guard run the offense kind of type. Yeah. and, you know, he's that's one of those deals where, like, one team, if Rondo, Rondo would have to agree he has a player option, but some team's going to trade, like, a 2022 second round <gasps> pick for Rondo. You know, he doesn't have a lot of value, but there will be someone willing to take that for his low salary. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, you know. he's just on a vet minimum. So we'll see what happens, though. I don't know. Kuzma, yeah, like you said, he's kind of been bad. The moment looks too big for him. It really does. Um, yeah. I'm actually looking at Rondo versus Rose right now. Rondo this year. Like I'm just looking at advanced stats. He had a minus 1.79 Pipum and a minus oh, okay. 3.84 Raptor, which is like, like that's that's really really bad. Okay. And D Rose had a negative 0.22, which is like pretty average. Yeah. He actually had a positive Raptor, so like way there. There's a huge difference there. Yeah, and I think you know moving forward, probably D Rose would be better next year, and then who knows, Victor Oladipo. I mean, there's a lot of speculation there. That could be fun. Um, but right now we're worried about the finals. We're not worried about offseason. Um, and then we have <laughs> the to mention them. Go ahead. Oh, I just said the time will come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what this podcast is going to be in like a week. Or it might be less yep. than a week. Um, we got to mention them. We've mentioned everyone else. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, phenomenal, as always. AD could not miss in this game. I think he was like 16 of 17 at one point. Oh, he couldn't have been 16 of 17. He only made 15 shots. He was like he was 4 of 7. Well, he, it went farther than that. He was like 14 of 15 or something, and then oh he eventually missed. He finished 15 of 20, but still extremely efficient, 75%, made his only three, only got to the line once, which is weird. Um, had a bunch of offensive rebounds, eight offensive rebounds. He had a few put-back dunks. He had the one where I forgot who shot it. It might have been Danny Green. Who knows? He misses threes all the time. Someone <laughs> shot it and missed a shot, and... AD was at the three-point line when the person, like when the ball was halfway to the rim, and he got around Jimmy Butler and jumped over everyone. I don't know why Kelly Olynyk didn't jump. He was just like waiting for the ball to come, and he just like dunked it. And I was like, "That's the kind of things I'd do if I was six foot nine, um, six foot ten. Uh, and then LeBron had a triple double, almost triple double, I should say, uh, thirty-three points, nine rebounds, nine assists. He did his thing. He took over when he needed to. Slightly less efficient, fourteen to twenty-five from the field, but. 
I mean, you got the two best players, should I say, on the planet on the same team? Not the two best in the planet. Uh, I wouldn't say on the planet, but... Hey, the way AD is playing right now, man. I wouldn't say he's overall better than Giannis or Kawhi, but just the way AD is playing, I don't think it's crazy to just at least put him in that conversation. Just let him him sit at the table. I don't think so either. Dude, he's good, man. I wrote, you know, I did the the uh, staggering statistics. He's back up above a point three zero zero win share per forty eight, which, based on how many minutes he's played, the list shrank to just Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, LeBron James. So, that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty crazy, dude. Pretty crazy. yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, they were fantastic. Game three, got to talk about game three. We got to do our betting predictions. Game two. Uh, we both hit Lakers minus eight. The line moved to 10, but we got it at minus eight. I had the under. It missed by four and a half points. Daniel had the over. Daniel had a two and O day to shrink the gap. You were now, what, 16 and 16 on the year, and so am I, correct? Yes. We were both yeah. 16 and 16 on the year, all tied up. Maybe only two games remaining. Uh, the betting line for game three, Lakers minus 10 again. Over under is 218 and a half. Daniel, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. I got to look at some things. <laughs> oh, you got to run your cheater model. That's what you got to no, do. No, I'm not today, actually. Um, okay, so 10 points. We don't know right now if Bam or Drogic are going to play. I didn't think Drogic was going to play the rest of the finals, but it seems like he's you know trying to tough it out, uh, which, again, great testament to him. Um, I still think – I feel like 10 too much. Yeah, the Lakers, like I said, didn't play as good as they could have played tonight. And the heat kind of lingered, and I was just making the case on how this easily could have been a blowout. But I just, the heat are that team that's going to linger, and 10 points feels like a lot. And if I pick heat plus 10, then I'll reverse jinx it, and the Lakers will win by 20. So I'm going to take the heat plus 10, and I'm going to take, I think, offensively, I think the heat are going to change some things up defensively. The Lakers aren't going to score as much. But the Heat obviously aren't going to score as much because they're going to play better defensively. So I'm going to go Lakers 109. That's a fun total. 109 and the Miami Heat 103. Six-point game, and that gives me the under by like six points. That's a lot. 109-103. All right. Well, you know, I will say this isn't very fun because I agree with you on both. (laughs) So we're going to be tied no matter what. I I could uh, see – Nah, I, I was going to say, you know what, I'll take the over. Uh-huh. But I, I like the under so much that I can't just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. That's I'm going to have to go with you, man. I like Heat plus 10, and I like the under. I think for the exact same reasons you do, I think the Heat are going to shore up defensively. I think Bam kind of slows down that offense, and he slows down the tempo of the game just a little bit because he's not a shooter. Yeah. Um, I think he he'll, he should be in the lineup in game three, no doubt. Um. Yeah, I like the under and the Laker or the Heat plus ten. What's your score prediction? My score is going to be one ten. Okay. To one hundred two. Lakers. <laughs> so the exact same total as me of one twelve. Just I have the Lakers oh, scoring we're one point off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! Yeah, I just noticed that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, you know what sounds really tasty right now? Like really, really tasty. What's up? Heat plus fourteen under two twenty five and a half or two twenty two and a half. That sounds real tasty for a little two leg teaser. Oh, I'm not gonna do it, but it sounds tasty. I just don't see the Heat <laughs> losing by fifteen points. I, I yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they just did. I think in game one, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh, I wanted to read you something that I wrote before we, uh, before I have one more thing, or this kind of actually transitions into the one more thing that I want to talk about. Uh, this is an article on Lake Show Life. Again, if you're checking out our podcast, thank you. Uh, maybe you're listening to this on the website. We embed this into the articles. Um, check out our other articles, you know, write some great stuff over there. Uh, so these are historical numbers that I wrote after game one that proves the Los Angeles Lakers are going to win the NBA finals, Daniel. The first number one seeds are 10 and four all time. Versus four or worse seeds, so four, five, six, seven, eight, in the in games five to seven of the NBA Finals. So one seeds had a ten and four record in the games that really matter. Um, the Houston Rockets of 1996, I believe it was, swept the Orlando Magic, who were the one seed. The Rockets were the four seed, but they swept them in four games, so that did not impact the game five to seven record. Um, over the last 40 years, first seeded teams are eight and one in these matchups, with the only loss being the Lakers to the Celtics in 2010. Um, even better. So most of those are four seeds. Um, there have been three game five to seven between a first seed and a fifth seed. So not a fourth seed, not a sixth seed, seventh, whatever. Um, and the first seed is three and zero in all those. So a first seed has never lost to a fifth seed in game five, six, or seven. I know that stuff doesn't really matter that much, but it matters. History repeats itself. Um, yep, absolutely. Number number two. Number number two. Did you? I can't believe I just said number, that. Number number two. The Los Angeles Lakers are seven and two. In the NBA Finals, after winning Game One since 1980, so in their last, uh, like, it was like a last 12 Finals, but they didn't win Game One in all those. Seven and two in the NBA Finals after winning Game One, so that's a pretty big winning percentage. And then, ironically, if we go to the next slide, teams are seven and two after winning Game One of the NBA Finals by 15 or more points since 1980. So the same time span, same record. So history indicates that. Lakers are going to win this. And that's why, Daniel, I want to tell you right now, I told everyone the jewelry box was open. I was staring at it. It was glistening in the light. The Miami Heat, they have the Dunn chain. The Kendrick Dunn's, they're done. It's over. Bet your bank account on the Lakers winning the finals. It's over. I'm I'm already getting ring fitted. I'm not even involved with the team. I don't know why I'm getting ring fitted. I'm already getting ring fitted. I got my championship hoodie on its way. It's done. It's done. Go to your mall. Go to someone who prints illegal t-shirts. Go get your t-shirt early. Tell everyone you got it first because it's done. Go get your tattoos. Go get your tattoos. It's done. <laughs> Man, you want, you want to know what I think? Yes. Yeah, the Miami Heat are done. I, I totally <laughs> agree with you. Um, I give them the done chain as well. I think the series is over in the terms that the Lakers are going to win. Yeah. But I don't think that the Heat are entirely out of it, if that makes sense. Um, I could see them making things interesting in a couple games. I don't know if I see a sweep. Um, I think the Heat can really push one out. I don't. I really don't think they get swept. Uh, I just give them the mean, dynamic of their team. We both picked Lakers in five, so. Yeah, very true. But um, seeing what I've seen these two games, there's no way the Heat can win four of six against the no Lakers way. or four or five, no. whatever it is. I just, I, I can't see it. I can't see it, man. Uh, I will do this. Oh, okay. Jason. Yeah. I will give you $50. Oh, I will give you $50. If the Miami heat win the series. I, okay. I'm not risking anything. I love these odds. I'm nope. in. Nope. 50 bucks, 50 bucks. If they win the series. Oh, well, Okay, well, I do have something because if the Lakers win, I have to sing our outro song acapella without any any <laughs> instrumental behind it to outro one of the podcasts. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't wait for that because it's going to happen. The Dunchain has been brought out. 
It, dude, it's out. It's Jimmy Butler. He's been selling coffee, selling other things. Uh, he might need to sell that Dunn chain. Might he's gonna try to get it off his neck. Um, but I get what you're saying. It, like the Miami Heat aren't out of this in the sense that they believe they could still win. They're not a team that's gonna give up. You know, like the Clippers did after blowing a three-one lead in Game Seven. Um, <laughs> just you know, if I'm a Miami Heat fan, I'm looking at all the ways that the Heat can win this series, and I'm convincing myself that it's gonna happen. Um, but objectively, not even just as a Lakers fan, objectively, it it's done, dude. Yeah, everyone's talking about, and we talked about it, how the Heat, you know, kind of did really well on their way to the NBA Finals, only lost three games. So did the Los Angeles Lakers, and they just beat the Heat by double digits twice in a row. Um, dude, Lakers, 17th championship, tying the Boston Celtics, LeBron James, his fourth it's going to be great, man. Dodgers just advanced. I know it's not Lakers related, but they're in the NLDS against San Diego Padres. That's a little – it's going to be interesting. Um, L.A. title town. That's all I'm saying. It's title town time. Yes, sir. I'm ready. We're moving on from Boston. Boston is not the title town anymore. The Lakers are going to win. The Dodgers are going to win. The Chargers are going to win next year, not this season because they suck this season. Uh, sorry to any Rams fans. They're not going to win. Um, maybe get a Sparks title. I know they're not in the WNBA finals right now, but they'll win one. Galaxy or LAFC, one of them's got to win. I'm be honest, I don't follow MLS that much. Um, LA Kings, I think they just got a high draft pick. They might win the Stanley Cup. Who knows? Maybe Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights repeat, even though Golden Knights are expansion team. I'm really showing my uh, – I don't have much hockey knowledge right now. <laughs> um, you got anything else, Daniel? Man, the Dunshane has brought, been brought out. I'm confident. At the end of the day, go Lakers. I, I be balling every day.